You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to the show. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the maximum conductor fill for auxiliary gutters or metal wireways. And so that's the key focus of today's topic. And so we're going to talk about that and so we get a better understanding of how to perform this calculation. And we'll look at it from two ways. Now, before I even get into that, I get a lot of questions about the differences between auxiliary gutters and wireways. They are very similar. However, if you read the scope as well as the definition of each, you're going to see some subtle differences. So if I had to give you a 30,000-foot summary of the differences, an auxiliary gutter, whether it is a metallic or non-metallic, is designed to provide supplemental wiring space for things like meter centers, distribution centers, switchgear, switchboards, and similar points on the system. It's additional space that's necessary to facilitate the applications of running the wires to this actual piece of equipment. Again, the meter centers, distribution centers, switch gear, switchboards, and whatever. So that's what that is. So many times they're associated with the piece of equipment. And they're not considered raceways. They're enclosures okay, that go with the actual equipment. Whereas a wireway, for example, is considered a raceway. And it can be used at any point in the system. So I could have circular raceways, rigid, intermediate, EMT, and I can impose a wireway in that system. Okay, And it's considered a raceway. Right? So that's a subtle difference between the two. The other difference is that auxiliary gutters have a length limitation on them where wireways do not. I've seen really, really long wireways. But an auxiliary gutter can extend more than 30 feet from the equipment that it's providing the supplemental wire space, okay? So it can't go more. So it does have a 30-foot limitation, okay? Whereas, again, the wireway does not, all right? Now, the wireways are not designed to provide supplemental wiring space, okay, for those pieces of equipment that we talked about, okay? That's what an auxiliary gutter is designed to do, all right? So... Usually, when I see an auxiliary gutter for, let's say, a meter center, it is designed for the openings in the side, square openings that are grommeted, and it is literally there, and it connects to the side of the actual meter center, and it literally does provide additional wiring space to bring the wires and get them into the meter center. Same thing for distribution panel, same thing for switch gear, switchboard. It's of providing that supplemental extra space that's necessary Maybe to achieve bending space, uh, uh, bending at terminals, that, whereas the wireway, that's not what it's designed for, okay? So a wireway typically allows for transitions, whether it's deflection or whatnot, of conductors that come in on a raceway and then transition to another raceway application, okay? So there is a difference subtly in the two. Now, as far as the maximum conductor fill, the maximum to 20% is the same across the board, whether or not you're dealing with metallic or non-metallic auxiliary gutters or metallic or non-metallic wireways. It's the same across the board. Okay. Now, for the 2020 National Electrical Code, uh, there's kind of a subtle change in auxiliary gutter, which matches what was in the 2017 edition for the wireway, and that is, and we're talking metal here, is that is 
that you don't have to apply the adjustment factors when you have more than three current current conductors until you reach exceed 30 at any cross section. Now, it didn't state that previous to 2020 when it comes to auxiliary gutters. It's just any time you exceed 30, then you're going to have to apply adjustment and corrections. Whereas in the metal wireway, it was talking about any cross-sectional area. So if you think of a rectangular wireway, at any point that you cut across it with a knife, I'm just saying hypothetically, and at that point, at any point in that cross-section area that you exceed 30, then you're going to have to apply the adjustment and corrections because you're going to have you know more than three current current conductors, and now you're going to apply them to all. So if you have 31, all of them are going to be subject to that adjustment and correction. So you really do get penalized, okay? Well, that also now is the same for auxiliary gutters in the 2020 NEC. So kind of a subtle change that people don't talk about, but it is there. So just be aware of that. Uh, another difference between auxiliary gutters and wireways is that you can have buses an auxiliary gutter, and that's pretty typical for an auxiliary gutter, especially how it bolts onto some of this equipment that we talked about. Whereas a metal wireway doesn't have a provision for bare copper buses. Okay, so subtly different in that. And alternatively to that, also when you have power distribution blocks, there's no provision for use of power distribution blocks in auxiliary gutters. There is a provision for it for a metal wireway, but there's no provision for it for a non-metallic wireway. So it's kind of one of those type of things. Another significant difference is in auxiliary gutters, where I have tap connections that are made, uh, I have to identify those tap connections. Okay, So where I make that point of the tap, I have to identify it. And I don't have that requirement for wireways. There's no provision for the identif identification of taps. Uh, but I do in auxiliary gutters. So that's that's quite an interesting uh, a difference there, right? Um, other than that, to be honest with you, most of the stuff is, is, is the same. Again, we have a limitation on length with auxiliary gutters. They can't extend more than 30 feet past the equipment that they're providing that supplemental wiring space. Whereas, again, wireways really don't have a length limitation, okay? So that's kind of quickly the overall differences in the two. Um, and how you how you would utilize those. So once you identify it, it's pretty quick to see what might be considered an auxiliary gutter. It is providing extra space, and the wireway, which could be used for other applications, deflection of conductors moving from point A to point B. Uh, both of which auxiliary gutters and wireways have a provision when they're utilized as pull boxes, and if they are utilized as pull boxes then that's going to change some of the dimensional stuff that we're going to talk about when it comes to what the size has to be for the number of conductors in it uh, in respect to the percentage of fill. Whereas if it's utilized as a pull box, then it's going to direct you in both cases, it's going to direct you to 314.28A1 for straight pulls and 314.28A2 for angle pulls, and that's the eight times or six times. Six times for angles, eight times for straight. So when it's used in the pull boxes, that's going to also potentially change the dynamics of the gutter or the wireway. So it's just things you have to think about. So while you might be focusing on a minimum size gutter or wireway based on not exceeding the 20% fill requirement, if it's being used as a pull box, then it's going to kick into other dimensional requirements that you really have to think about. So that's a lot of stuff as an electrician that you have to think about. And the code provides for that. All right. So let's move on. So now let's talk about the one that just basically um, gets people confused. 
And that is the number of conductors that are allowed uh, inside of an auxiliary gutter or in a wireway. Now, if you're following along in the 2020 National Electrical Code, uh, and it really doesn't change much from the, the 2017 except for what I just told you when it comes to the application of when the adjustment factors kick in, that was a subtle change in the 2020. But again, when it comes to the 20% fill, that's no change. Okay, it's the same concept. So let's look at the code here. So let's use 366.22, which in A, we'll talk about sheet metal auxiliary gutters again because we know that this also applies to the metal wireways as well. And this same rule applies to the non-metallic uh, wireway as well as a non-metallic gutter. So we're all on the same page and it makes it easy just to use one. So we'll use 366.22A. Now here's what the code says. It says the sum of the cross-sectional area of all contained conductors and cables at any cross-section of the sheet metal auxiliary gutter shall not exceed 20% of the interior cross-sectional area of the sheet metal auxiliary gutter. Sounds pretty simple, right? All right, so let's kind of look at this, and I'll give you two ways to approach this, depending on whether or not you you already know how many conductors you have in there or you want to know how many. I've already got a size gutter, and I want to know how many at any given point, any given cross-section of that. And when I say cross-section, it's literally like taking a loaf of bread and you have all the slices. Any given slice is a cross-section of that loaf of bread. And so when you're looking at a gutter, you literally have to do that. Look at your gutter and see at what point in that gutter or wireway do I have the most conductors? And at that area, at that slice, if you will, am I going to exceed 20% of that overall interior cross-sectional area? Okay, at that one point. So here's how you do it. So let's assume we already are going to pick a gutter and we pick a 6 by 6 gutter. Okay. And we know that we can't exceed more than 20%. So on a 6x6, that's how you buy them, 6x6 application. And so in order to find that uh, internal area, you're going to do 6x6. So 6 times 6 would be 36 square inches. Okay, Uh, And so we can't exceed that by 20%. So if we have 36 square inches, we need to find out what is 20% of that 36. So it's 36 times 20%, and that equals 7.2 square inches. All right? Now, in our case, we're thinking, well, what conductors are we going to be putting in here for that cross-sectional? In our example, we're going to use, uh, in this one, we're going to use 26 3-aught conductors just to make it easy for us. So first thing I have to do is, again, it's very similar to a raceway fill calculation, and we're going to go to Chapter 9, Table 5, because we're going to use THHN in this application, and we need to find what the approximate area is of a THHN. In our case, when we go to Chapter 9, Table 5, you're going to see that it is 0.2679 square inches. So in that case, we're thinking, okay, I cannot exceed 20 percent so how many if i've got a six by six that means i've already selected my gutter i already have it i need to know how many at any point any cross-section area how many of those three odds can i place in there 
So I take the 7.2, which was what our 20% was, and I do that, and I divide that by 0.2679. And that's going to tell me how many of those conductors I can have in there. So let's do that. And that is 7.2 divided by 0.2679, and that is 26. Okay, so I can have, and it's 26.8, I can't have a 0.8 of a conductor. So I can have 26 of them in there at any point in that gutter, that 6x6 gutter, and not exceed 20%. Okay, well, what if I say to myself, and there's one other thing that we have to think about, and we'll talk about that in a second. Well, what if I say, okay, but I screwed up, and I've got 28 conductors that are three out in there. Well, then I do it the other way because I'm now trying to look and see what size minimum gutter do I need for this application. So in this case, I do the opposite. So I've got 28 of them. So I still already went to Chapter 9, Table 5. I know that it's 0.2679 square inches for for my single 3-aught copper THHN. So I do that 0.2679 times 28 because I had 28 of them in my case. I screwed up. I exceeded the 26. I messed up. So I've got 7.50, okay, is square inches. Now, if I have 7.50 square inches, now I'm going to do an application and say, okay, that's the value for my 28 conductors. Now I do that times 5 because the multiples of 20% into 100 is 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. Okay, so if I take the the value at the twenty percent of the that we have seven point five zero one two, which is rep- uh, representing twenty percent, okay, and I do that times five, that's going to tell me the minimum size of the um, wireway or gutter that I need to have. So I did that times five, and that tells me thirty seven point five. So the actual Area, square inch area of my gutter has to be at least 37.5 in order to be able to accommodate my 7.5012 worth of conductors, if you will. Okay. Well, the 6 by 6 is not going to work. We saw that the maximum for that was 26. I need 28. So what about an 8 by 8? So I go 8 by 8. That equals 64. Okay. So we're, we're good there. So 64 definitely exceeds 37.5, so I know that I'm okay. But if I wanted to know how many additional conductors I could actually put in there and not exceed the 20, I could take that 64, and I take that 64 times 20%, and that is 12.8. So I'm at 7.5012, but I could put additional ones in there up to 12.8 square inches, and I would not exceed the 20%, okay? Now, that's how you do it when it comes to whether it's a gutter or an auxiliary gutter or a metal wireway when it comes to not exceeding the 20%. Now, let's talk about deflection because as I'm coming into this wireway or auxiliary gutter, I have some provisions here which remind me that on these insulated conductors now that I have a deflection I have to worry about. So what I want to read is 366.58 for auxiliary gutters. And here's what it says. It says, where insulated conductors are deflected within an auxiliary gutter, either at the ends or where conduits, fittings, and other raceways or cables enter or leave the gutter, 
or where the direction of the gutter itself, I should clarify that, gutter itself is deflected greater than 30 degrees, the dimensions corresponding to one wire per terminal in table 312.6a shall apply. Okay, so let's go back to that that six by six gutter that we were talking about. And let's say that it, that the wire comes into the top and it deflects. Okay, so it deflects. So I need to make sure because of this deflection, and like we said in the beginning, where it enters the ends or where the or where the conduct conduits, fittings, or other raceways or cables enter or leave the gutter or where the direction of the gutter is deflection. So where it comes in and goes out and moves, I need to make sure that I have a certain value as if I had one wire per terminal in table 312.6a. So in our example, it was 3-aught, right, coming in. So let's say it's, it. so I've got to have the minimum of, if you go to 312.6a table for 3-aught, and remember, you're using the one wire per terminal column, it says that I have to have at least Four in a minimum of four inches for that deflection be able to come in and turn and make its way. Well, in this case, it was six by six, so we're okay. But again, that's just another thing that you have to look at. And again, like we said, if it's also being used as a pull box, that's just another thing you have to look at. Okay, all of those things can couple up and just want you to to make sure that you have the wire bending space that's required for deflection, right, as well when you're looking at these wireway or auxiliary gutters. So that's a big deal when it comes in, it deflects and goes out. If it doesn't run straight through and it kind of changes direction and you're going to bend these conductors, I mean, you've got to make sure that you have that adequate space to make that bend. So it's just another dimension to be aware of. In our case, the 6x6 was, was fine, okay, in that application. All right? And again, you're going to do it at the largest conductor. In our case, they were all 3-aught. You do the, the largest conductor that's coming in, and you go to table 312.6a, and that's going to give you that value. And just make sure the gutter, if you're deflecting conductors as they come into that gutter or wireway, that you're able to maintain that, that distance from the one where it comes in, Okay, the opposite wall, I should say. Making sure that I have it. It's coming in from the top, then you make sure the opposite side has that depth on it. If you're coming in from the left side, for example, you make sure that if you're coming into deflecting, that you have the opposite as well on the on the other side. Okay, that's the kind of what we're talking about deflection. And of course, then again, if you're getting into pull boxes and that's what it's being utilized for, then that's going to kick you in 366.58b if you're dealing with auxiliary gutters being used as pull boxes. And if you're dealing with the wireway, metal wireway, for example, that's being utilized as a pull box, then you're going to have to be dealing with 376.23, uh, I guess that's B as well. And also I'll remind you the deflection rule is also in metal wireways as well, that deflection. Okay. And again, it says where insulated conductors are deflected within a metal wireway, either at the end or where conductor work or where conduits fittings or other raceways or cables enter or leave the metal wireway okay so whether it's coming in the end and it has to turn and deflect down into a piece of equipment or in, in the case of an auxiliary gutter or whatever you're going to make sure that you have the ability to make this deflection okay so just kind of think about that in your application all right well basically folks that's it 
when it comes to dealing with that application. We didn't talk about the opacity value requirements uh, in that where, again, that could be another topic for another episode uh, when we're talking about opacity of those conductors that are in those auxiliary gutters or in those metal wireways. So we'll do that at another time. We might talk about the splices and taps applications where you're permitted to fill up to 75% of the conductors or connections uh, inside of an auxiliary gutters or wireways. We'll talk about that because that's pretty much you know, the same across the board for the gutters and wireways. Uh, all of that in the next time that we talk. Thank you all for joining me. Again, remember, visit us over on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. Join us every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. where we talk with Electrician Live and we talk all things electrical topics. Share them with your friends. If you have any emails that you want to send us, go to info at um, masterthenec.com. Just send it to that address. Or you can go to our websites, and we have a Contact Us button there as well if you'd like to reach out to us that way. So hopefully you got something out of today's episode. Until next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul 